Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means Now I just want you in my arms again And we can search each other's dreams Welcome back, 3Bs. I'm very excited about our guest today. This is somebody that I've talked about a lot on the podcast who I like a lot, who I've gotten to play baseball with, uh, who's also coached baseball a lot, thrown batting practice for a Major League Baseball team, started a baseball thing, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, a baseball thing to get more uh, girls and women in baseball uh, called Baseball for All. Please welcome Two Three Swings, a person I think is amazing, Justine Siegel. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited we can make this work. Thank you for getting up super early in the morning. Although you've told me you're a morning person, so I don't need to thank you for this. I am. Well, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of yours, so well, it's good to be here. Likewise. Let's just talk about how much we like each other. <laughs> um, Justine, I'm so glad you're here. How about, so this is what I ask everybody, um, but you actually play baseball. You're the first person on my podcast that actually plays baseball, other than my teammate Alice Wetterland, who I don't think you met when you played for the Cocos, because I think she was out of town at the time. But anyway, um, so what got you into baseball originally? You know, I started with T-ball, uh, and um, I just kept playing through the youth leagues. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was 13, I was told by my new coach that I should go play softball. And so I decided I'd play baseball forever. <laughs> yeah, I had a really great time playing. Yeah. Uh, until I was 13. That's when it got difficult. You know, I was just playing shortstop, pitcher, mm -hmm. uh, catcher. Yeah. You know, uh, my brother played on my teams for a while. And then on our last year, he, he asked my dad to be put on another team. So we ended up facing each other instead. Mm. Wait, was your dad coaching or your dad just like made those decisions? He just made family -wise. decisions. Yeah, I yeah. got it. So did your brother want to be on a different team because he wanted to play you? I think it was tough having a sister who was better than him. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That is probably difficult, but also it shouldn't be. Well, I was always outside playing anything. Yeah. So, I mean, just athletically, I was always moving and right. throwing, whether it was a rock, football, baseball, <laughs> sure. soccer, whatever it was. So, you know, I was a little bit more advanced and then he grew and he grew into his athletic ability. Right. Was he older than you or younger than He's you? He's a year younger. Oh, okay. And then did you just have the one brother? 
I have an older sister. Older but, sister. And she was not into sports. Uh, she played a little in high school, oh, but okay. uh, we ended up playing softball against each other. That's sort of a long story. <laughs> but yeah. um, my high school originally wouldn't let me try out. And so I played a uh, few games in softball, slow pitch. Mm-hmm. This was way back when it was not fast pitch, it was slow pitch. And we ended up playing against each other when she was a senior and I was a freshman. Yeah. Um, but that was my softball experience. Hmm. And I just played softball for the first time in since I was 13, that age. Um, and I was like, oh, this will be, you know, just fun to just like be athletic and get some exercise. And I was like, I... This is uh, what is this? <laughs> it's like the very slow pitch, like ball above your head, trying to hit it, and it's very confusing, and I don't understand. Yeah, that's all they had when I was in high school. I'm 43, so it was before fast pitch. That's and... nuts. I did not realize that that it wasn't always fast pitch for women when they were pushing. Yeah, it was slow pitch. It's really quite pathetic, but um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, here we are. Yeah, of course. So, what do you think? Because this is something we've discussed before. What do you think about? Um, the the sort of t-ball or whatever or like little league to softball pipeline for girls and women in baseball yeah i don't understand why more people aren't outraged sure girls are being told they can't do something especially when they're already doing it so yeah (laughs) you know what i mean it's not like i think it's easy for people to look at it and be like because you're separated from the thing and you just look at two things and like there's women's basketball and men's basketball. So you take that framework and you set it on top of this thing. But it's not looking at the fact that A, they're two different sports and they operate differently. And B, it's not just girls walking into some, it's girls that are already playing one sport and then you're taking them out of it and making them play something different just because of the age that they hit. Yeah, exactly. Um my nonprofit that I founded, Baseball mm-hmm. for All, provides opportunities for girls to play baseball. And um, in addition to playing together with other girls, uh, we also get emails about discrimination, about leagues and schools who are, you know, telling the girls that can't try out. Uh, as early as seven years old, right. we have, you know, the league's not letting her play. Right. So it just is ludicrous. And, yeah. uh, and I, I don't understand why more people aren't saying, why are we allowing <laughs> society to tell girls they can't do something based on their gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, um, I mean, it's against Title IX. <laughs> I would I would imagine that Title IX, but does softball work its way around Title IX because of that? Well, I mean, it's kind of complicated between states. Sure. How everyone views uh, softball and baseball. But the court ruling is that baseball and softball are different sports, mm-hmm. and the NCAA has agreed that baseball and softball are different sports. Mm-hmm. So uh, just different athletic associations have different feelings but if it is a youth league using a public field then it is for sure a, a title nine issue yeah and uh, that one seven-year-old who contacted us when i uh, explained that to the league president uh she was quickly allowed to play wow so you're like getting these emails and then you're reaching out to the administration that's doing this stuff usually we try to teach them what they can do what yeah. are the possible steps mm-hmm. um you know, the last resort is the media. Right, you, of course. You don't particularly want to humiliate a league into right. equality, but sometimes that's Cause then, where it goes. Yeah, because then you're not there afterwards, after they're humiliated, to like make sure that that person isn't then being discriminated against every Saturday morning at 9 when after they get in. Because there's that, like that, I think that was New Hampshire, where those dads got in trouble for telling the players to bean the girl until she quit playing baseball. 
Yeah, that was the plan to to try to hit her and scare her into mm-hmm. uh, softball. Um, I'd like to tell you that I've never heard something like that oh, before. I don't think that is at all the case because it's literally happened to me. And I'm not a child playing on like a team. I've literally been thrown at just because I'm there. You know, like, yeah, I expected to be thrown at when I was in high school. Totally. I mean, I would say I wasn't normally thrown at, but mm-hmm. I, I expected it to right. happen. I mean, just the kinds of things that were said to me or um, I I knew that enough people didn't want me there. Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a weird. It's not weird. I I don't know that because I used to think that um, people are mad that I was there, and then I realized some of it was that they were mad that it was they felt like it wasn't their space anymore. You know, it's like feels like sometimes men feel like you're invading something that they own, and they don't realize it. You know, and it's like nobody owns this. We're all doing this you know we're all playing this sport together that's like what sports are supposed to be about but it becomes like so much about ownership you know yeah i think that's a really fair feeling um men definitely come at it a little differently than a nine-year-old boy (laughs) sure um i find that the younger players don't care absolutely and then you know once it gets into past 13 it becomes more of what are the parents saying yeah and the kids somewhat often adopt what the parent or what the coaches are, mm-hmm. are saying and, and how they treat the girl. Right. Um, but otherwise, you know, I have great faith in these uh, young men growing up, these mm-hmm. boys coming up through, you know, their mothers have been Title Nine. Totally. Uh, have received those gifts. They're, you know, you're now seeing on Disney that it's cool to date the female kicker <laughs> right. on the football team. You know, so yeah. things are changing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But there's, there's still uh, some old archaic rules and feelings that we have to for get sure through. i mean it's a constant it's just a constant like conversation and thing that you have to work on and i think it's interesting that you bring up like children of title nine because i was watching uh games here and there from the final four of the women's and the men's uh and i preferred the women's but um i was watching a men's game and i don't remember what team it was but they were talking about oh this this kid is from a basketball family his dad played at so and so and his mom played at so and so and like i did not grow up hearing that you know <laughs> and so it's wild to um think about that like that these that both boys and girls and gender nonconforming kids have moms that played sports in college or even professional sports like i think that the wnba is going to have like perhaps its biggest year this year because of that cuz the women that are going into it now grew up with it and they're like no i want to make this something new you know like i want i i like Aja Wilson, I believe is her last name, is like openly talking about how she wants to make the WNBA like a big deal. You know, not that anybody before that didn't, but it's just like a different perspective of like, she's not, she doesn't have to be the first to play it. She's the, you know, hundredth or whatever, as opposed to beginning the thing and trying to follow the rules and do it the right way or whatever, you know? Yeah. And the WNBA has, you know, changed girls dreams for a generation now yes and exactly. that, that's incredible um when I mean, we're all indebted to title nine not just mm-hmm. girls but boys as well 100 percent. hey it's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> well, you know... I think it's important we realize that boys and girls rise up together. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't just about girls. This is about when we, when we take away stereotypes and boxes, we just become who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, I happen to focus a lot about the box and girls and baseball. Yes. But that box is true for anyone, you know, uh, guys who want to dance. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to remember that at one point, men weren't elementary school teachers. They <laughs> yeah. weren't nurses. Yeah. You know, women couldn't ride bicycles <laughs> or wear jeans. So when yeah. you look at it historically... And it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it's <laughs> incredibly. So, you know, I always look at things sort of historically and where can we go in a generation. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great point. And I think that um, it's good to... It is really good to balance it out, like, what it can do for boys, too, because, like, we focus... or the focus becomes so much about girls and it becomes like, oh, girls want to do this, that, the other thing. Like, boys want to do other shit too. <laughs> like, there are so many, I just think about how many boys get pushed into Little League and baseball that don't want to be there at all, you know? And then there's girls that want to play there. Like, how much better of a situation in a world would it be if you just got to do the thing you wanted to do? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have so many resources and so many, it's like, why don't we just let people do the things they want to do? It's going to make them be the person they want to be. Exactly. Try things, do things, fail, do well. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> so you've also coached at like at the professional level. What was that like? And where where have you coached? And what was that experience like? In 2009, I coached with the Brockton Rocks in the K&M League, which is mm-hmm. independent baseball. But that was was when I became the first woman to coach pro baseball. Mm-hmm. And that was um, an incredible experience to be able to wear a uniform as your job. Uh, but there was also, it was very new. So sure. there were a lot of, you know, things I had to work through. Um, like the, in terms of coaching, like what it's actually yeah, like to I mean, coach? like I was eventually let go. Right. And, you know, I mean, the, the reason was cause I was a, a girl. <laughs> I mean, sure. I was hired for being a woman and I was sort yeah. of let go for being a woman, but, um, well, can that, you expand on that? What do you mean? Well, I think. Uh, you know, the manager, he was really into hiring me. He yeah. wanted his daughters to know they could do anything. Right. I had already been coaching through, uh, at Springfield College, mm-hmm. so I was the only woman coaching college baseball. Um, 
So it made sense, but ultimately there weren't enough people in the leadership that were supportive of having a woman. You know, this yeah. was before, um, you know, Becky Hammond. It was before all <laughs> yeah. of these kinds of things. Right. So it was all really, really And new only to just everybody. 2009. 2009. Um, and then in 2015, I got to coach um, in the Instructional League for the A's. Right. And that was an incredible time. Absolutely incredible. In fact, um, you know, I've also done independent baseball um, with the Corn Belters, mm -hmm. and I had a fantastic time. Yeah. I, I have found that, you know, when given opportunity to, at this point, the players only care that you can make them better. Right. And, um, like, that's it. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, totally. yeah, you're a woman and you're bringing a different vibe, which to me is an asset. Absolutely. To be a woman who knows the game. Yeah. It's not just like, throw a woman in there right it's, yeah it's it's someone who's qualified to get it done um but this this is these are new people these are people who grew up you know with lgbtq yeah bullying you know all these kind of different messages of of inclusiveness absolutely uh versus in 2009 you're talking about you know the men who were just before that right um so i've been having a really great time and mm -hmm. just trying to coach professionally anywhere I can, but it is tough to get the experience for sure. To, right. To be allowed in through the gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that like a, a sort of similar thing in Hollywood or whatever you want to call it in that industry is like something that people have been talking about is that uh, women and then especially women of color in Hollywood trying to make it up through to be like a head writer or, you know, like running their own show or something, they tend to stay, be put in the same position multiple times uh, on the same level, as opposed to like a guy gets his foot in the door, you know, as a writer's assistant. Typically men aren't writer's assistants now, women are. <laughs> but if they get the writer's assistant job, then they get like put right into the stream of writing, then they write and then they get the chance to write their own show. Whereas somebody like Lena Waithe, who I don't know if you're familiar with, but she's like the first black woman uh, and out uh, LGBTQ person to win uh comedy writing Emmy, Emmy ever <laughs> last year um, in the hundred years that they've been giving those away. Um, she was a writer's assistant for like, you know, uh, six years. Whereas like a guy would typically be that one time and then gets flopped into writing. So it's a similar thing where you're like, I have the skills. I just need the like reps and the experience on paper so that you can be like, oh, this person has done this. But if you haven't done it and the thing that's keeping you from doing it is who you are. <laughs> and then people are like, well, you can't just hire somebody because she's a woman. It's like it's this self-fulfilling prophecy that just keeps swirling around that you're like, how do I hook on to something to get out of it? You know? Yeah, it's definitely circular sort of being a pioneer or just trying to be a woman in a male dominated, um, you know, because Culture. <laughs> you, you, you kind of don't have the check boxes the, you know, the boxes yeah. to check, but that's because you don't have the opportunities to check the boxes. Right. So if you only think in that sort of linear way, yeah. then we're never going to get diverse. Absolutely. But if you realize how amazing it is when you think outside of those check boxes and how you can reach more people, mm -hmm. um, then it's sort of like this infinite possibility of how we can, and particularly in coaching, how we mm -hmm. can reach players. I mean, you can imagine when when coaching staffs used to be all white. Sure. You know, and now you bring in African-Americans and now you're relating to certain people. Now we have Spanish-speaking mm -hmm. coaches. So it just makes sense that the more different kinds of people that with different kinds of experiences, the more players you can reach. And in your case, the more 
viewers you can reach totally with a different perspective right because you're it's it's very similar to uh having writers that can write to the experience of the characters that you're putting in a show because if you have an all-white writer's room and then you're trying to to put in you know a latino character and a black character and one of those is queer and then the whole writer's room is like white people like they're just writing what they think is the experience of that whereas like you have these all-white coaches with a team that isn't you know it's just like what you think somebody needs as opposed to going like, you know, I needed this. And so this is what I'm going to give to you. And maybe this will work. And then it does. Cause you can like relate on a one-to-one sort of experience. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it seems so simple. <laughs> it is so simple when we sit here and talk about it on a podcast, like we have figured all of it out. <laughs> um, and so you've also, you were a big part of the trailblazer series happening, uh, which I got to go to last year, but I wasn't able to make it this year. Um, which was just a cool thing. I mean, when I walked onto the field fields at that complex last year, it was just a wild thing to just look at all these people playing baseball and then go, oh, these are all girls. This is amazing. Um, and I know the experience for a lot of girls there was that as well. Have you found that like the girls in your that come through your nonprofit or um, reach out to it or at the Trailblazer series tend to be the only one? Like it's groups of the only ones in their town or where they're from? Yeah, so um, Baseball for All held, held its first, held the first National Girls Baseball Tournament 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, there were women's tournaments, but not girls' tournaments. Um, and, you know, all of those girls were the only ones in their leagues. So you definitely see that. Um, I'm really proud of Major League Baseball mm-hmm. for doing the Trailblazer Series. Uh, last year was their first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say 80% of the participants came from Baseball for All last year. Uh, and this year, you know, it was more like only half, which means that the outreach is working, that when Major League Baseball uh. gets involved, that means that they have a, you know, they, they have, have a, a farther reach. reach. Yeah. So they can get more girls and get the word out. And when MLB is saying, yeah, we support girls playing baseball, everything becomes easier. Oh, yeah. And so I am really proud of, of them going forward in, and, and stepping up in that way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And. Do you know if they're going to keep doing it? It seems like they're going to keep doing it. You know, I, I believe so. I mean, this year they're also doing another, it's called the Breakthrough Series for the older girls. So in, last year they did one program, and this year they're doing two. So, you know, and... How did I not hear about that? You know, <laughs> I, that hasn't, I haven't really heard... You Have know, they not promote it yet? They're I mean, waiting. I'm going. I'm coaching it. Yeah. When, when it, is it? June. June. That's very soon. Beginning of June, yeah. Where at? Uh, Dodger Town. What? <laughs> that's what i believe yeah that's no, what I believe okay. i've been told yeah um so i mean it's exciting and, and i've put so many years into uh girls baseball and and to finally have the commissioner say hey we believe every girl should have a right to play mm-hmm. if that's what she wants to do that's incredible because that's that's huge progress i mean yeah. i've put in my my daughter is 20 mm-hmm. so i've been doing this 20 years yeah at some level or not you know, like at some level, whether right. it was women's or girls, my effort started 20 years ago to try to create a better future. Right. Uh, Which, can I just say, as a person outside of your life who's only known you for a couple years, I think that you've done that. I know it's very hard to, like, see, and because there's always, like, a lot ahead of you, and I think that as somebody who is trying to do a similar thing for com- whatever comedy, you know, uh, in the small little way that I can, um, you've totally done that. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, you're welcome. I mean, we we grow as a community. 
Absolutely. And so it's not just one thing, but it's definitely incredible. You're a very selfless person, but I think that you've done a lot for Girls Baseball. Like, I learned a lot through you. Like, just finding out about you, I was like, holy shit. Like, I found this, like, basically a whole encyclopedia of information, like, after finding out what you'd done and, like, what you'd worked through, you know? So... I don't know. You're doing a great job. <laughs> You're doing great work. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's very cool about uh, the Breakthrough Series. Um, for older girls, is that like high school age or? High school. Cool. So can I ask you this? Would your ultimate goal just to be more girls playing baseball or would it be for girls to be playing baseball um, on their own in leagues that are like girls baseball leagues? In a similar way that softball exists, like perhaps replacing softball with baseball for girls. Because it's a delicate subject. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? I think that it's a it's a valuable thing to discuss. Uh, well, first, I'm supportive of co-ed leagues. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to be supportive. I think mm-hmm. a lot of lessons are learned when girls and boys play together. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a huge pro- proponent for girls baseball Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of girls that won't play unless it's girls yeah you know when i was a kid i had to play soccer with the boys yeah and now that there's girls soccer everyone has played it at one point in um, i haven't justin well you're an oddball (laughs) i know but i grew up at a very particular time in a very particular area of the country but you're not quite young no no no. i'm right in between you're right in between me and the young (laughs) yeah exactly so but the young people of the last 12 years have i mean so many girls have gone out and played soccer at one point and i think 1994 if we provide girls baseball, then we suddenly get into schools. We we yes. get more girls who wouldn't play or parents who wouldn't let them play if it was right. co-ed. As far as softball, I think, you know, I think baseball is the greatest game on earth. Of course. Not going to debate you there. I do think we have to recognize that there's girls who, who really love the game of softball. Yeah. And so when we pit softball versus baseball, of course. I don't think anyone really wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would definitely like to see... You know, high school baseball for girls and high school softball for girls. You know, one could be mm-hmm. a fall sport, one could be a spring sport. I mean, you could almost say we should have baseball for girls and also softball for boys. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, what if there's like boys that want to play softball in high school instead of baseball? And that may happen in, in, in a generation. I'm not yeah. sure it'll happen now. Of course, there's a lot of stigma around that. Yeah, but um, there's there's certainly I don't know. Men's volleyball is becoming a thing, and it was like very popular in my high school. But men's volleyball doesn't have a counterpart. So softball and baseball yeah. are considered counterparts. To sure. me, that's a societal myth. No, I mean, I understand. I, yes, I agree. So, um, And the societal myth is the thing that I think both you and I are trying to get rid of. Oh, absolutely. The myth of that thing. Absolutely. That those two things equate each other. And it doesn't mean that softball has to go away or that it's there's something inherently less than about it. It's just that it isn't the same thing. And making it the same thing is the problem. That's absolutely true. Making baseball and softball the same sport when they're clearly different (laughs) is the problem. Yeah, right. And you're teaching different lessons. You're saying, this is what girls do, this is what boys do. Yeah. And why would we want to teach that? Right. I mean, it's like saying girls wear dresses, boys wear pants. It's the same. It's like, yes, they're both clothes, but they're different clothes. (laughs) You know, like it doesn't, they're not the same clothing item. Yeah, they're just different sports. and, And I believe... Girls should have a true opportunity to pursue either one. Yeah. And it's, I think the more that girls see that they can play baseball, they won't feel like they 
can't play baseball. I know that's like the most simple, simplistic way of putting that. But like I have a friend who um, he's very into baseball. He doesn't necessarily play it, but um, he's another comedian. He has a daughter who was getting to be, you know, baseball age. And he was like, yeah, she's trying out. And I'm really excited for her to get into baseball. And then he, he was like, I wasn't there. And they pushed her into softball. And now she wants to play softball. And I don't want to like make her, I don't want to go tr- like make her do something she now doesn't want to do, which is, you know, play baseball. But like, he wasn't around to sort of guide and pay attention to what people were saying to her. And then she got pushed into softball. And was like, well, that's what the other girls are doing. And it's like, Right, which is the case for girls' baseball. Right, exactly. Because so, so many girls want to just be with other girls. Yeah. They, and uh, some some don't care. Some would r- mm-hmm. rather be in co-ed. Yeah. Well, I think both are valuable. <laughs> Personally, that's why I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> and there's a lot of guys that listen to this podcast that agree with a lot of the things that we're saying. So shout out to those dudes, like you were saying. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So what what are you working on? What kinds of things should people be looking out for other than the breakthrough series? Like what do you have going on baseball wise or just, you know, promotional wise, like what's in the works for you? <laughs> well, uh, baseball for all is doing a Maria Pepe mm-hmm. baseball series in New Jersey. Cool. Maria Pepe is one of the first girls to play little league or to get to sue to play mm-hmm. little league. Um, so she's going to be out there meeting the girls and the girls will be able to play baseball. And then we have our national tournament, uh, in Rockford, Illinois. So the girls actually get to play at the same field that the Rockford Peaches played at That's in the amazing. All-American League. Um, and the Rockford tournament will have over 200 girls, maybe up to 300. Uh-huh. Uh, it's definitely the largest girls baseball event ever. And... Um, that's when, when how that? I spend my days is organizing that. <laughs> right, of course. Uh, yeah. August 2nd through the 5th. Oh, wow. That's so, amazing. So, yeah, it keeps growing. I mean, we started with 12 teams in one age division at 13U in 2015, and, and now we're looking at four age divisions and, you know, 250-plus girls wow. from all over the U.S. And, and Canada. And that's just in three years that it's grown that so much. So this will be our fourth year. Well, four years. Yeah. yeah, so the need is there. We just need more resources to, of course. to grow. Yeah, like corporate sponsorship. Yeah, <laughs> the old corporate sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who wants to get involved in grassroots. I mean, we're essentially changing the game. Yeah, we're literally. Saying, we're saying we're creating a new sport mm-hmm. for, for girls. We're, we're, um, and we're opening up baseball in a way that's never really been opened up for girls in, in um, you know, oh, about 40% of Major League Baseball fans are women. So it just makes sense that they'd want to play baseball. Yeah. You know, they'd want to play the same game that Bryce Harper is or, or you know, Kershaw's pitching. They want yeah. to know how to throw a curveball. Like, right. this, this all makes sense. Yeah. So the more girls that play, you know, it's only going to help the game and sell more bats. Absolutely. More, it, more clothes that maybe aren't sequined or maybe are. But it's up to the person buying the thing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mine will be not sequined. Yeah, I, but, uh, I prefer not sequined. You know, yeah, it's to everyone gets their own. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole thing, Justine. That's the whole thing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was a lo- lovely conversation. Yeah, about thanks. Baseball. And if uh, anyone wants to learn more, they can go to baseballforall.com. Yeah, they should definitely, definitely do that. And everybody should go to Rockford and go, <laughs> I'm going to figure out how I can get to this thing because <laughs> I want to go. It sounds amazing. It would be. We'd love to have you. I would love to be there. Uh, Justine Siegel, thank you so much. This is so wonderful. Thank you. Forever. Ah!
This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.